0: Hello my friends and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Wednesday, October the 27th and wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace, God's goodness, God's life present in, among and around you. If it is echoing, you know where I am. I am back here at St. Anne. It's, it's uh, Wednesday. And that is when I'm at St. Anne in the morning, and here I am in one of their little faith formation rooms, and God love it, it is echoing like nobody's business. So I hope that is not bothering you. It is certainly noticeable on my end. Um, Okay, let's continue through Luke's Gospel. Uh, We started chapter 13, actually started Saturday, which we don't listen to those but we continue to journey through it. We'll probably be with it the rest of this week. Um, Now, I say that, and as soon as I say that, I'm going to tell you tomorrow we'll probably go off it because it's a feast day, but we'll get there tomorrow. Um, But today, we're going to pick up exactly where we left off yesterday. And so today, if you want to follow along, Luke chapter 13, verses 22 to 30. And uh, kind of, again... You know, we've been hearing some hard Gospels lately out of Jesus, and this is another one today, brothers and sisters. So let's sit with it and and invite ourselves. Okay, God, what are you inviting us to in the midst of this? All right? So let's break open God's Word together today. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus passed through towns and villages, teaching as he went and making his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few people be saved? He answered them, strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I tell you, will attempt to enter, but will not be strong enough. After the master of the house has arisen and locked the door, then will you stand outside knocking and saying, Lord, open the door for us. He will say to you in reply, I do not know where you are from. And you will say, we ate and drank in your company and you taught in our streets. Then he will say to you, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, all you evildoers. And there will be wailing and grinding of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves cast out. And people will come from the east and the west and from the north and the south and will recline at table in the kingdom of God. For behold, some who are last will be first. And some who are first will be last. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now this really is hard news, right? Um, you know, we, we, we say this is, this is good news. This is the gospel, and, and, and it is. Not just because it came from Jesus, but it's hard truths. It's hard truth. He's not pulling any punches for us. You know, I guess, and this is just a, a you know an image that just came to my mind. It would be akin to if we were sick and we go into the doctor, and the doctor gives us a hard remedy for that cure. You know, um, let's say we were in an uh, in early phase of cancer. Um, you know, which would be terrible. Um, but if we were, wouldn't we want to know it rather than pretend it's not there and succumb to it later on painfully? But if we were to be in that position, wouldn't we want the doctor to say, listen, we've got it. We know what it is and we can take care of it. But there's going to be a tough road ahead of us. But on the other side of that road, there's life. There's goodness. There's, there's hope it would be hard news and and we would need companions to strengthen us on that journey but that's the road we would take right rather than ignorance and and naive hope and um and going down the other road and i and i I think that's akin to what Jesus is saying to us today he's saying listen brothers and sisters this this is this is what the kingdom of God looks like if we are going to be disciples. You know, this is where he says, and, and he doesn't say it in here, but that image of, man, if you put your hand to the plow, you know, you got to move forward. The kingdom of God is not one that we look back on, that, that we, we don't put our hand to the plow and look behind us. We, we look in the direction in which we're plowing, in which that, that work that tilling has to happen, and not to what has come before, and what other decisions maybe we needed to make or should have made or, or could have made for our ease in the midst of the work. So let's, let's walk through it. Jesus passes through towns and villages Villages, teaching as he goes. And here's the key to that sentence, I think. It says, making his way to Jerusalem. Now, we could merely read that and say, that's a geographic statement. He's moving through towns and villages. He's teaching. He's moving toward Jerusalem. He's heading south. Okay. You know what? On one level, true. But on a different level, it's he's setting his face toward Jerusalem. He knows what Jerusalem means. He knows not only does it mean uh, his death, it means that's where the establishment is that he's got to face and say how you're interpreting God and how you're keeping God from people. Remember, we talked about that before. Anything we're doing to unbind the people, the law, we can't hide behind it. I think this was Mondays, right? We can't hide behind the law. Because if we hide behind the law and people continue to be bound, we do them no service. And that, and that uh, leader of the synagogue was doing that. Well, so are the leaders of the temple who are buying and selling God. And, and Jesus knows he's got to set his face like flint, moving toward Jerusalem, toward the truth that he's got to bring to them in a hard truth even to the point where he has to upend the the tables and and saying, listen, God is is far too free to be bought and sold. God God is far too free to be held behind your laws. And he knows what that's going to get him, but he knows it's where he has to go. So he's making his way uh, toward a place and he's he's not shying away from it. Well, and he may be anxious, and he may be um, he may even be afraid. Uh, I don't know if he doubted or not, but he moved. He moved. Brothers and sisters, the opposite of courage is not fear. The opposite of courage is moving uh, well, it's 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 absence of movement. I, I would say, Courage is not, let me say it this way, I'm I'm, I'm saying it poorly. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is the the strength and conviction to move forward in the midst of our fear. And that's what Jesus is doing. He doesn't let fear stop him. Remember yesterday's Romans, right? Oh, I love Romans 8. We are not given a spirit of fear uh, in which to fall back. Instead, one in which we say, Abba, Father. We are not given a spirit of fear. Neither is Jesus. And so someone asks him a question. And Lord, will only a few be saved? And did you notice that Jesus did not even answer the question? I mean, maybe he does. But, it, but, it, but this is where it gets convoluted. <laughs> like, like this is the first time. So let me rephrase that. We get convoluted here. <laughs> We've probably been convoluted for a long time. But anyway, Jesus is asked a question, Lord, will only if you be saved? And and I think ultimately this person's question is, Lord, who are going to be the ones, um, I don't know, if it's to, to make it through the Roman Empire until this empire is set up in Israel, who are going to stand with you? I don't know if it's, if it's done on a... On a on an earthly level or done on a on a kingdom level of heaven meaning um, that who will be saved going to the kingdom i think you can make a legitimate argument for it either way Um, but i think jesus takes it toward the end because he's talking about abraham isaac and jacob who clearly have already passed on and are in the kingdom of heaven meaning in heaven at that point because jesus talks often about the kingdom of god being among us so we can't confuse the two lord will only a few people be saved he answers them strive to enter through the narrow gate for many i tell you will attempt to enter but will not be strong enough i think that's the key now he's going to go on and say listen after the master of the house has arisen and lock the door you're going to stand outside knocking saying open the door for us and can you imagine hearing from the other side of the door the voice of god through Jesus, or, or through the Spirit, or through whomever is at the other side of that door, saying, I do not know where you are from. Oh my gosh, right? How awful. And absolutely, there'd be wailing and gnashing of teeth when I see Abraham, Isaac, John, and all the great prophets in the kingdom. Because that's what Jesus says. You know, um... There will be wailing and grinding of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Job, and Jacob—excuse me—and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves cast out. Why? Why? And I think the key is again: enter through the narrow gate. So, what does that mean? Listen, I, I'm not even going to pretend to know. I, I sat with this this morning in my prayer time. I sat with it before this podcast and it still is hazy to me at best. But here's, what I, here's where I'm coming from now with the caveat that I'm not going to say forever and all time this is where I'll stand. Um, but here's where that spoke to me today. Jesus is inviting us to a decision point. Remember last week when he said he didn't come to bring peace but a sword? I mean, that's the idea. He's he's not bringing a sword, I don't believe, in terms of violence, because that doesn't make sense to me who Jesus is. He's bringing a sword, in a sense, because he's saying, you got to decide which side of it you're on. What does a sword do? It divides. It cuts. And which side will you be on because you can't? stand in the middle and that's what a doorway that's what a gate does Uh, you know we're called to a decision point we can't stand in the door on the on the lintel right because then we're neither in nor out God says in other places let your yes through Jesus let your yes be yes and your no be no don't be like lukewarm water Because I will spit you out of my mouth. Don't be yes and no. And I think, brothers and sisters, that's what he's pointing to, at least in my prayer and thought this morning. That's what I think he's pointing to when these other people who are on the other side of the door say, listen, we ate and drank in your company and you taught in our streets. And he says, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, you evildoers. I think it's easy for us to look at evildoers and say, yeah, they're not going to get in. But what about the many who claim they are with Jesus on Sunday at church or in the midst of, uh, you know, when it's convenient to be, but on Monday when I'm back at work or on Friday when I'm with my friends or Saturday when I'm out in the town, or whatever it is. Yeah, I'm not so much. Right? That, that we like to have a foot in both camps, as if going to church on Sunday gives us fire insurance. Hey, Lord, remember me? I ate and drank in your company. You taught in my streets. I was there at Mass on Sunday morning. I was there. I was there, like, this is my ticket in. And Jesus says, I don't know what you're about. I've, I've known you, Joe, all these 56 years, and you've stood in the doorway. You've had one foot in and one foot out. And I think what he's saying is, make a decision. Make a decision so you at least know, Joe, or you listening, or you, whoever he's talking to, so you can't fool yourself. Make a decision. Are you with me or are you against me? He says, I'm going to abide by what your decision is. You're the one who's going to place yourself on whichever side of the door you're on. But in placing yourself in the middle, it's going to get shut on you. Because you're fooling yourself. Strive to enter through the narrow gate. Don't stand in the doorway. Enter through it. And you know what? That idea of narrow. You know, it, it, he says, For many, I tell you, will attempt to enter, but will not be strong enough. Why? Because, brothers and sisters, if it is a narrow gate, if it is a narrow passageway, we can't get through it with a lot of baggage. We can't get through it with all the things we might want to carry with us on in in this entryway because maybe that entryway is made exactly in the size of you and the size of me and it knows what baggage I'm trying to get in there and it says nope you can't get through with that you got to choose what you're going to enter through with and choose what you're not going to who are those people you're going to enter with that will invite you and support you uh, on this journey? And who are those ones that we need to leave behind? What are those habits that will help us get through that gate, and what are the ones that won't? What are the material things that will help us get through this gate, and what are the ones that won't? I think that's what Jesus is inviting us to here, brothers and sisters. I don't think he's trying to scare us. I think he's putting a hard truth out there that says, listen, listen, You're invited and welcome, and I want you here. But you can't get in without saying yes to me. I was just a divine savior this morning, talking to the first through the fourth graders. I loved it, and we were talking about Mary. It's the month of October, so the month of the Holy Rosary, and we were talking about Mary's uh, appearance in Scripture, and I said, you know, perhaps the greatest thing that Mary did, the greatest, period, was her yes to God. She didn't even have to think about it, her yes, because everything else emanated from that. And we have a savior because of it. Brothers and sisters, she didn't hesitate when asked to make a decision. She knew what side of the door she was on. May you and I take a lesson from Mary today and not stand in the doorway, not have one foot in either camp, and try to play both sides of it looking good on the outside but not on the inside being at church on sunday but not with god on monday we are called to choose jesus christ sunday monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday and saturday and yes we will do so imperfectly and when we do we fall back and and ask for god and God's mercy and goodness. In fact, the psalm today is such a good one. It says this, it's Psalm 13. My hope, O Lord, is in your mercy. Amen. That's our hope. It's not in us. It's not in, Lord, did you see me at church? Don't you think I'm a good boy? It's not in any initials behind our name. It's not in what we have done. Our hope, O Lord, is in your mercy. Our hope is on your side of the door. I choose you. Brothers and sisters, and I think at the end, and this is where I'll stop, he says, listen, this isn't an Israelite thing. It's not a Hebrew thing. And I think, again, this is why I think this is what this gospel is about. It's about choice. Because he's saying, listen, people are going to come from the east, west, and north, and south. They're going to come from all over, not just the 12 tribes of Israel. There are people that choose me, he's saying, not Joe. There are people that choose God from all over, from groups and clubs and and places that are going to surprise the dickens out of you. But they choose me. They don't stand in the middle. They don't try to fool themselves. They've chosen the narrow gate. They've said yes. They've left and are working on leaving the baggage behind and just taking with them through that narrow opening what they need, and what will help them get through. They're going to come from all over. Brothers and sisters, that's great news. Our God is that magnanimous. Our help, O oh Lord, is in your mercy. That, that's it. That's it. And many many who you think are last in this world, uh, they're going to surprise you because they're the first. They're the ones who are able to let go They've already let go. And because of that, maybe we think in terms of this world, they're last. No, no, nope, they're first. And many who we think are first in this world, mm, they're not going to make it because they cannot get through that doorway with everything they're carrying. Jesus invites us to a decision point, brothers and sisters. He invites us to the knife's edge, the edge of the sword. Which side will we fall on, or will we merely try to straddle it and get cut in the process? Let's pray. My friends, we continue through the uh, joyful mysteries today. And so we begin as we begin all things in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The third joyful mystery, the birth of Christ, the Incarnation. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O oh, my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you. Thanks for being present today and breaking open God's word with me. And uh, let's do this again tomorrow. A little less echoey. Uh, when we come together and break open God's Word one more time. God's peace.